Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Tuesday, July 20th, 2021. We have one, two, or uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, three days until the NHL entry draft uh, on Friday at 8 p.m. I'm super excited. Scotty and I are going to be downtown doing man on the street interviews. So if you see us at LCA, say what's up, call us over. We'll get you for an interview, throw you on Twitter, try and make it famous. Uh, just, you know, don't say anything stupid. We will protect the people who say, you know, really stupid things. Uh, so you, you got that going for you. Scotty, though, is not here tonight. I DM'd him about an hour before we were going to record. And I said, hey, what time do you want to get on tonight? We're going to talk uh, Luke uh, Prokop. We're going to talk McKenzie's rankings. Uh, you know, riff a little bit, it's draft week, let's have some fun. He said, hey, bad news. Well, not bad news. He didn't say that at all. Uh, he said, hey, actually, I um, was just DM'd personally by Texas Rangers uh, outfielder David Dahl. He left me tickets for tonight's game. So for those reasons, I'm out. And I said, all right. That's an okay excuse. Just don't let it happen again. So he's not here tonight. I don't <laughs> He'll be here uh, back tomorrow. Unfortunately, it's kind of a last minute thing. So uh, we weren't able to record something earlier in the day. But fortunately, I got two great friends with me. We got Jay Forrester from the Lockdown Blue Jackets pod. And we also got Mikhail Holm. Uh, and we are going to create the most awesome mishmash of accents on a podcast that's ever been done before. It's going to be a great time. Uh, how's it going, guys? Jay, yeah, it's, Mikhail. it's good. It's good. Three, three accents, three time zones. It's... Yes. Yes. And uh, you guys are, it's, it's late over on your side of the world at this time. Uh, so yeah, I, think, I mean, it's right? midnight for me. So I imagine it's like one, oh, that's not too bad. 30 for Mikhail. 105 right now. There we go. But I got my, I got my energy drink. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> uh, let us go off the top with, Luke Prokop, uh, the first NHL player to come out as gay today. He Nashville Predators prospect, um, a huge story in the hockey community. It almost felt like this maybe was uh, something that was coming because of the way that hockey has kind of started to to progress in that right direction, started to pull out some of the toxic roots that have uh, been embedded in this game for so long. Uh, obviously pretty incredible news coming out today. There was an excellent story by Pierre Lebrun. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, but just off the top, your guys thoughts. I loved it. Like, so I heard rumble. So we're recording this, uh, what Monday, Monday night. Uh, so I heard like rumblings Sunday evening that something was, was happening, that there was a prospect that was coming out. Uh, I texted a couple of sources, got confirmation, didn't get any names or anything. Um, and then, yeah, like I, uh, the next day it kind of, it all, it all came out and I, yeah, I can't imagine the kind of like strength and faith in your teammates that you must have to have to come out in the NHL at the age of 19. Like I'm, 
a member of the LGBT community. Uh, I didn't really come out publicly until I was 25, 26, and I'm not, you know, a professional athlete. So I can't imagine what it was like for him to be 19, to be on the brink of making the NHL and then to say, you know what, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to live my truth, you know? So I have all the respect in the world for this kid. Uh, I can't believe I have to root for a, for a national predator. <laughs> I know that might be the worst part the thing to come out of, uh, to come out of this is it's like, oh man, yeah, and nobody's going to buy his Jersey. Well, I mean, people are going to buy his Jersey, but like who wants to to do that? You know, like, and like the guitar strums going through his back and those awfully uh, awful mustard colored jerseys. But <laughs> yeah, but I think it's fantastic. It's it's uh, it's far too late. It should have like happened years ago, probably. But but yeah, it's great. And from what I've seen, I you have this morbid curiosity of reading comments when stuff like this happens. And from what I saw, it was nothing but support for him, and that's wonderful. So I'm I'm just very very happy that 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 it has happened and that, that he can be a role model for future for future kids to to come out in the hockey world and maybe even someone else that is older than him and yeah I, I'm just it's just a great news and it's uh, yeah it's it's, it's a great day for the for the LGBT hockey community. Yeah, I not- went into uh, the like I went into the comments on his post and on the PL Brun tweet, fully expecting to like. I was like, I'm, I'm ready to block and report. I'm ready, <laughs> you know. I'm I'm geared up, and I saw maybe like three or four like bad comments, and everything else was just like, wow, incredible, so happy, so proud. Like you've got a new fan, you know, stuff like that. And it's yeah, I have been really like genuinely surprised at how the hockey world has reacted to this i think what's interesting is that now like the bag the the bag comments are kind of like less work like you see a little bit of progress in those too like now it's not so much like as straight up vile you just have a couple idiots being like why is this news you know and that in and of itself is like kind of a step in the right direction obviously you know not those people showing themselves but uh the fact that 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 reaction is is kind of dwindled because i think you know maybe three five years ago this the entire comment section would have looked like that and you talked about the uh the feeling of of doing that at his age that was what stuck out to me uh most in this pierre lebrun story if you're in journalism school if you want to become a journalist check out this lead. It is a textbook, uh, just fantastic uh, lead from Pierre Lebrun. Uh, I won't read you all of it, but basically uh, he called David Poyle um, and, or let's see who called who. He was just on a call Yeah, uh, with David Poyle, um, came out to them, told them that he was gay. And he said, well, I think the feeling of being free, that was the closest uh, I think I've been to it so far i turned up the music as loud as i could i was wearing sunglasses i started to cry tears of joy i didn't want anyone to see me crying while i was driving but i was blasting the tunes and slamming on my steering wheel it was amazing i think everybody has had a moment like that in their life and uh to kind of put it in perspective that is the feeling that he got when he was able to be himself and and that's crazy to me because that is a feeling um you know, that some people get from getting the best job offer of their life or, or, you know, making it to the NHL. And for him, all of those things were 
muted and his success in the, the hockey world was muted because he felt like he wasn't himself. And so to come out uh, and, and have that feeling to earn that feeling incredibly happy for him. Yeah. So I, um, I actually was lucky enough to cover, uh, we had a player over here in the UK come out about 18 months ago, uh, playing in the top league. He came out as uh, bisexual uh, Zach Sullivan is is his name. He's really great, and I was lucky enough to talk to him like like three days after he did it. Um, I did a piece for Sky Sports for it, and he talked a lot about you know he felt like a different person. He felt like he could be himself on the ice. He felt like he wasn't lying to anyone anymore. And I kind of talked to a couple of his teammates. I talked to the coach. I talked to a couple of like team employees, and they were like, "Yeah, we like he's he's so happy now, but we didn't even know that he was unhappy." until Mm -hmm. until this happened you know and it must just be just the best feeling in the world to know that you you've done this you've kind of ripped the band-aid off you're still gonna have to come out to people later in life because coming out is not like a a one-time thing you know Mm -hmm. you meet new people you have to come out again and again and again but to do that first step of announcing to you know the world at large and saying hey this is who i am and if you don't like it then you can stick it and yeah, just like like I said at the top, just incredible, incredible bravery from from this kid. You know, because he's just a kid. Mm-hmm. He's yep. he's nineteen years old. I can't imagine doing that at nineteen. No kidding. Yeah, I think that's like the biggest thing is you know being able to do that before your career, like going in to your career. I think you know once you're. I guess I don't, I, I have no idea what would be more difficult, but I mean, I would imagine as a, as a child, you know, doing it is, is going to be more difficult than as an adult, but I guess I wouldn't really know. So uh, any other thoughts before we move on to Mackenzie's draft rankings? It, was, it must be, it must've been hard for him as well to like, just call up the, call up David Poyle and the national front office and just, and just do it because it's, because you know the hockey world is filled with macho men, just like this, this stereotype of the hockey people, and 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 it's just to like do that and call up David Poyle, and just that's that's just only that is just just that is just a lot of guts, and uh, so yeah, he's a cool kid, and I hope uh, everything, uh, hope the best for him in the future. Very well said, Mikhail. Uh, we are going to get into uh, Mackenzie's draft rankings. First, I got to talk to the kind folks today about rockauto.com. Now, with the ever increasing number of makes and models out there, it is now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. I tell you what, I hate leaving my house. I hate going to the store. I hate when some guy at the counter uh, asks me questions that I don't know the answer to. I'm a car novice. I don't know anything about them. When you ask me something, uh, it takes me a while to figure it out. Maybe got to do some Googling. And that's why I like to do all my auto parts shopping from the comfort of my own home. Thanks to rockauto.com. And that's not the only benefit. I can also save 30, 50, even 100% more on the same auto parts from a chain store or a car dealership. Thank you very much. It's summertime. I'm trying to spend that on, you know, having drinks out on the uh, out on the patio, uh, maybe buying a new bike or something along those lines. Who knows? Uh, but whatever uh, you do, just make sure you go to rockauto.com so that you're not wasting your own money. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and just write locked on. And they're, how did you hear about us boxes so that they know we sent you. They've got a main selection. They've got reliably low prices and they've got all the parts that your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Sedina going wide with it. 
Back for DeKaiser. Save oh. a rebound. They score. Oh, my goodness. He's got four for Jacob Verena. All right, we are back. Segment two here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Mikhail Holm, Jay Forrester, I'm Nolan Bianchi. Uh, we're talking about McKenzie's draft rankings. Now, Mikhail, uh, Explain the importance of these rankings because they are comprised uh, essentially from NHL scouts, which means theoretically that this is the most true to life NHL rankings that you're probably going to find ahead of the draft. Is that correct? Yeah. Usually um, Bob has the, the, uh, the ranks that are closest to the, to what the actual draft will look like. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, for everyone that scouts like I do, uh, then we're we're always uh, excited to see these rankings, just to see how the NHL scouts are thinking compared to us and what, what where they are completely wrong and where we where we are completely right, of course. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, it's 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 uh, like a, a mini mini scouting Christmas, I guess, <laughs> before the draft because the draft is the real Christmas, but it's like just the days before, I guess. Now, uh, when you look at this list, what stands out to you the most? We'll run through it real quick. We've got number one, Owen Power, number two, Maddie Beneers, number three, Simone Evanson, four, William Eklund, that's Mikhail's boy, uh, five, or tied for fourth, Mason McTavish, and then at six, we got Dylan Gunther, seventh is Brant Clark, eight is Luke Hughes, ninth is Kent Johnson, and 10 is Chaz Lucius. All the way down at number 12 is the goaler, uh, Jesper Wallstedt, what do you make of this list and uh, what stands out to you the most off jump? Um, they really like uh, big defenders um, because Owen Power at number one and Simon Anderson at number two or at three is, well, it, it is what it is, I guess. I'm not going to harp it too bad, but it's not what I would do. Um, I mean, Wallstedt at 12 just shows that the NHL scouts are still scared of goalies. High, I guess. Uh, yeah, then it's just like they have some weird opinions about prospects that are having Brennan Offman at 16 is, is odd, I guess. He's, he's not a first rounder, really, to me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's sort of the same guys that are on everyone's like 1 to 50s, facing the same, same people. So that everyone has on their one, one to 50. So, yeah. I, I think I'm most caught off by Luke Hughes being eighth because I think I put him up there with Beneers and power as least likely to get out of the top five. Yeah. Yeah. Luke Hughes is, it's great. He's probably my favorite defender, defenseman in this draft. And he, he, like just the fact that he's, he's essentially a year younger than Owen Power. It's like ten months age difference. Mm-hmm. It's just ten months to 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 become a better player than Owen Power is right now. And Luke Hughes has way more upside that I see than Owen Power does. Luke Hughes' offensive talents are incredible, and uh, usually when you're very good offensively, you can uh, transition into a solid defensive player as well because the the, hockey, the way you see hockey offensively can can develop into to reading defensive plays as well. Uh, really good. So uh, him and eight, I don't see it happening, but he's been injured and uh, pe- uh, teams are scared of injuries, even if he's fully healthy and has been skating for quite a while. So 
I don't know. <laughs> so I feel like we can assume that Owen Power and Matthew Beneers are going to go in the top three. But what I think is interesting is that the Blue Jackets have potential to kind of ruin the Red Wings draft plans, whatever that may be. Do you have an idea of what they might be targeting? Do you like, do you think it's anything specific? I, I think that's kind of the, the tough part of all of this is that three through the rest of the draft, it's like, it's, it's a complete crapshoot. Like you're not drafting for need. I don't think too, too much in this top 10, but uh, at the same time, how else do you predict <laughs> where, where people are going to go? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really tough because, and again, like, I feel like, Everyone keeps asking, oh, well, who, like, what do the Blue Jackets need? And the answer is that we kind of need everything um, a little bit with the, with the sudden, with the soon depart, soon to be departed Seth Jones. Uh, Obviously, we've got a big hole on defense that we need to fill. Uh, We have like one and a half. You'll be good on up front because you're going to get. Doc and to bring it so oh yeah, yeah obviously and like a first <laughs> no <laughs> you know I'm very quick I'm that was quick. it's my that was that's my favorite trade proposal so far I actually talked yeah. to Jack about <laughs> it and I was like well I want Kirby Dak and he was like absolutely not and so we yeah. bargained it down to like a first and a second and Dylan Strom and uh, a defensive prospect which I felt was probably as good as it was going to get and now people are like oh well they're going to start at Kirby Dak and then end up with like. Debrinka and somebody else and a pick, which I'm completely, I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we need, we need defense. We need centers because we have one and a half centers. Uh, we might only have half a center if we lose Max Domi to Seattle, which, um, which it, it's a distinct possibility. Um, so it's, it's been really tough to kind of predict what, what we're going to pick, but yeah, like the, the between three and eight, I feel like any of those guys could conceivably go any position um i also was surprised to see luke hughes at eight uh he's my i hope that he's still there at five he's my pick Mm -hmm. um i've kind of assumed that owen power and my veneers are going to go one and two and then it'll be some combination of uh i assume uh, gunther gunther will go at three if the ducks keep the pick if it goes to buffalo for jack eichel i assume they're going to pick eckland uh, which the boys over at Locked on Sharks are very unhappy about, but... Uh, <laughs> I know, I think it's, it's really going to be one of on. us. <laughs> and Eklund is Mikhail, so really kind of on my, roster, on my uh, radar. So I was kind of assuming that I would have one of, at least one of Edvinson, uh, Clark, and Hughes to pick from. Uh, my personal pick would be Hughes. I think Hughes is going to go fourth, and so I think it's going to be uh, Edvinson or Clark, and I think I would go Edvinson over... Clark, personally, um, which I guess leaves you guys to have one of Genther, or if you pick the goalie, then yeah, that's that makes, true. That makes your job a lot, a lot which easier. I think is uh, I don't know why, but like every day that goes, like we get closer to it, like I feel kind of not more confident, but like that it feels more likely. Uh, I don't know. I feel but, like. Um... I feel like for the last couple of months, at least since the under 18s, I felt like Mason McTavish has been slated for the for the Blue Jackets. It feels like a, they need a center talent, and he's risen along or on the boards. So I feel like he, he or Edmondson would be probably my uh, guesses for the Blue Jackets. But yeah, McTavish was McTavish like, was someone I considered, but I don't know yeah. if he's a fifth overall. Um. And I it's don't not, think it's just not sexy. like we're going to, I think like I that's, think yeah, the sorry, defensemen are, are, sorry. I think the defensemen are better 
prospect overall. You know, if we were picking seventh or eighth, and I'd be like, yeah, McTavish. Mm. I think it's it's more important to draft for best player available at fifth. Yeah, that would be a defenseman. Um, I wouldn't be mad if we if we picked up McTavish because again, we do need a center, and he's probably the second best available center. Um, I know that they have Eklund down as a center, but I think I don't know that he's an NHL center. I think he's probably he's he's a, a winger at the NHL mm, level. Yeah, he's, def- um, he's definitely a winger. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't play Eklund at center because you lose every like a lot of his uh, his high end talent you lose uh, putting in center yeah you need exactly. to have him you need to have him someone to take care of his uh, take care of some defensive responsibilities and create space for him and stuff like that but yeah, I, think I think what, it's, what, what would be smart for you guys is and I think it's the connection has been there since your GM is finished but I think what would be smart for you is taking a defenseman the fifth overall and then and then just wait until one of your two late picks and take uh, Atu and uh I just shoot for him because he's he's good. He's very good. Um, I I think I picked who did I pick in the we did a mock draft um, which will be coming out in a couple of days. I think I picked uh, Carson Lambos on D at twenty five because Ratu was already gone, which really annoyed me because that's who I wanted at twenty fifth. But uh, yeah, I think um, it's really it's always really hard to predict Kekalainen because as soon as you get past about (laughs) fifteenth overall, he just goes. (laughs) wild he just goes off the board like last year um with with chinakov as as our first round pick i was so ready to jump on the dra- the nhl draft show and uh talk all about uh who was it, it was hendrix lapierre i think everyone was like the blue jackets are going to take hendrix lapierre and so i read up i did a ton of research on him i was ready to jump on and talk all about him and then yama was like <laughs> we're going to pick this russian kid that got passed over last year in the draft and uh, you can deal with that on the fly. So, which I think has like kind of looked pretty good for them. Has I it mean, not? he he had a monster season in the in the Gagarin Cup. Uh, whether that'll translate to the NHL, I don't know. But also, I feel like the Blue Jackets are going to be bad this season. So, like, it's it's fine. We'll we'll yeah. suck this season and then we'll pick high next season and get an actual like potential franchise player because that's the other problem is that we've we've been pretty good for a few yeah. years now and now that it's a really weak draft we're, we've decided to we've decided to be bad um yeah. i do want to kind of go back to back to the goalies for a second though because i want to ask mikhail wallstat or kossa because i feel like kossa has <laughs> yes, risen. everyone suddenly seems to be like oh kossa's so good kossa's so good and i don't know enough about prospects beyond what i read from other people so I was I was curious if Kosser is actually good or if it's just that he's North American. <laughs> no, Kosser is good, but it's the the reason why he's put ahead of Walter is because he's North American. He's he's a Canadian boy. Like he's a six. Where is he? Six foot six. Yeah, six foot six Canadian boy. Then they these NHL scouts. They, <laughs> yeah, they clean they, they clean their they clean their pants when they watch him. But but like Walter is like there's not a single goalie in Swedish hockey history that has put up. Like played as much as he has already in the SHL at his age, but also not put up the numbers he put up in the SHL. He's the best goalie talent ever from Sweden. I've, I've repeat, I'm repeating myself because I've said this on this podcast <laughs> more than once before. But but yeah, like I, people are pushing Casa ahead because he's Canadian and uh, just Walter is not. But Walter is, in my opinion, the best starter. The Big three, if we call them, with Knight and Skarov and Wallstead. And Wallstead is 
going to be a surefire top goalie for me. Uh, and if he's if he's not, he's going to be like a one A one B guy. So he's going to be a goalie in the NHL. Yeah, which is why I think the the Red Wings should take a take serious look at him because yeah. you guys have none goalies right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what like the the corpse of? Have you still got the corpse of Jimmy Howard, or is he? No, no. Yeah, he retired. <laughs> he 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 was he had enough. Uh, that 1920 season, you know, 22 straight losses really, really took a toll on him, unfortunately. And it's, it's honestly, <laughs> we joke about it because it's, I mean, sad, you, you know, like, to, yeah. like, yeah, you know, like he, he was a really good goaltender here for a long time. He's like third, uh, he has the third most wins in Red Wings history. Like he, yeah. which is really an incredible stat to, to own, um, and then Especially when you lost just, 22 times in a row. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> and then for it to just end like that, and like he never came that that team with him on it never came close to you know having any sort of success besides that one time they took Chicago to a game seven in 2013, um, which is a whole thing in the Red Wings world because that was the reason that they decided to go out and be buyers at the next like three deadlines and things like that. But that's neither here nor there. Two things that catch my eye from the McKenzie list. You talked about out to rat two. He's ranked number 28. Now I thought that uh, we, he was so high and then he really, really fell dramatically. And then he had been kind of climbing back up most draft boards. And I think, you know, a lot of other places that aren't uh, McKenzie's list, he's, right around 15, you know, 22. I've seen him at 12. I've seen him at eight. Like he's, he's still very much in the mix, but I'm surprised that he's at 28 on this list comprised of uh, a poll from NHL scouts. And I also wonder like that put into my head for the first time. Do you think at all that there's like any sort of strategy that goes on here where you intentionally rank a player low? So you kind of get everybody to think that the rest of the league is low on him. Or do you think that, you know, that, It'd be so marginal of a change that it wouldn't really be worth it to to do something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Like I I have I've seen like Ratty being like a top ten pick. I can I've see seen him mock to that. the Sharks. You know. Yeah, like I, I I wouldn't be like surprised if he does, and I wouldn't be mad either because he he is still very talented. Like all of his talent isn't gone. It's just that he was developed a little, maybe a little bit more earlier than other people but also he had a rough season as he's talked about in the scott wheeler had a had a great piece on him and the athletic where he talked about how after that you had like problem issues with um with like he stopped liking hockey basically he 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 thought like maybe this this is it and he didn't really like want to play anymore and uh, and those things are tough to come through when you're <laughs> you ranked as the number one prospect in in, in the draft. So I think as a seventeen year old, on, yeah, for seventeen year old, so I think he's just getting back on track. He he he's just working through whatever issues he he has, and then he'll he'll be a, he'll be a good NHL player. I think he could be a solid number two center or. If, if he doesn't really pan out, then he's still going to be a number three, uh, like, death-scoring guy that could play, like, some defensive minutes as well. So I think there's definitely some – definitely talented enough to validate pick in the 15, top 15 of the draft. Sorry, my cat is going crazy. 
Sorry, your cat must be uh, watching the Tigers game because they just took a huge lead. Maybe she has money on them via betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet you guys didn't know that, or maybe you did. Maybe you guys, uh, your, your daily listeners, committed. Maybe you're, you know, you've won hundreds and thousands of dollars on BetOnline already. But regardless, baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. So before the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Aronik with the empty net. He's good at it. He's good at it. He hits it. He's the best at it. It's three to one. All right, we are back. Segment three here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. You guys like that ad read? You didn't even see it coming. Um, Mikhail Holm, Jay Forrester. What's going on, guys? Mikhail Holm, our, our favorite uh, independent draft scout. Well, I guess, don't, yeah. Don't tell Tony. You're our favorite independent draft scout. Uh, and we also have the Lockdown Columbus Blue Jackets host, Jay Forrester, uh, on the show. Do you guys have any bold predictions for this upcoming draft? Because I think mine is that Outu Ratu is going to go top 10. And it's going to be upsetting because I'm going to have it in my mind that, like, oh, man, if the Red Wings can get him at 22, like, that would be sick. And then the air is just going to be let out of the balloon super early. Mine is that Roman Schmidt will go within the first round. Oh, Roman Smith. He's a big boy, big defenseman. I think he's at sixty-five. Oh 65, yeah, I skates well. Nothing else. He's 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 not good at all. But but these teams love their uh, big defensemen and uh, I'll teach size. Yeah, I mean that is true. You know, I mean, like, it's <laughs> true, but it also like the 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 implication that size is innate to being a good hockey player is. Bizarre. This is my, this is my, I actually have a, this is not a draft prediction or anything. My weird hockey grudge is uh, Ben Bishop uh, because Ben Bishop is not a very good goalie. He's just very big and people have equated that to being good for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So. It, that, that's crazy. Cause it is like, I mean, that, is, that, that applies to really across hockey, but then there are some people who like being small is an advantage. Like at a certain point, if you're quick enough being small, is advantageous in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, look at Johnny Goodrow, Alex yeah. Brinkert, uh, Braden Point. Braden Point's yeah. what, like 5'10 officially? Yeah. Which means he's probably more like 5'7, 5'8. And he's one of the. He's we one do, of the. We, he's top we do do that. In, in <laughs> <laughs> Us 5'7 fellas, we, uh, we, do, we do do that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant on skates. My bad. We'll just leave it till next year. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> one of my my favorite uh like incorrect draft rank or like not draft ranking but like um incorrect hockey stat is that when mike richards was being drafted uh someone had him listed somewhere as six foot one um which is just extremely funny because i've stood next to mike richards and i am taller than mike richards and i am 5'10 so i don't know who he bribed i don't know like <laughs> i don't know who got a signed jersey out of this but that's dude, funny. My dude is not six one. There's there was a there was a picture of Robbie Fabry that came up. Oh, that's so that's some news in uh, Red Wings world today. Sounds like Robbie Fabry is going to be ready for the season. Um, 
but he was at a like charity event today where they were doing like a street hockey thing. And I was like looking for Robbie Fabry. And then I was like, Oh, he he's the he little guy. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like that, that just holds true for like people in general. Like you always just, I feel like if you just assume that if you see somebody on camera, they're taller than six feet for some reason. But like one of the, uh, something that sticks out to me is when I covered, uh, the UFC when they were in Detroit and Joe Rogan walked by me and I was like, huh, no way. You know, we were the same height. I yeah. was like, that's really cool. I think but, as well, some guys look bigger cause they're almost as broad as they are tall, you know, like, yeah. Uh, I think the, the biggest surprise for me of like standing next to someone was uh, Alex Ovechkin. Dude mm. is giant, just an absolute monster. Like I don't think his stats have him as that bad. I think he's like six, two, like 220 pounds or something, which is, doesn't sound that big when you put him next to, you know, some of the, like Victor Hedman, for example. Mm-hmm. But dude is just giant. Just an absolute monster. That That is like the duality of it. Because sometimes you do meet people and you're like, holy shit. I, I, I do know exactly what you're talking about. What were you going to say, Mikhail? No, you were just talking about like seeing Robert family with kids and he was just the same height. Yeah. It's, a very, there's, it's a very funny tradition in... For a player in uh, who won the Euros uh, uh, this year, Lorenzo Insigne, who plays for Italy and Napoli in in football or soccer, and uh, they always give him the largest, uh, the biggest kid when they walk out with kids, and he's five four. So he's like always on the team. It's really funny because they're, they're just, it's like a tradition now that he always gets the biggest biggest kid to get like. So he doesn't he doesn't show when he's standing on like in the team picture and stuff like that. So That's I thought that funny. was funny. I know I've yeah, seen we pictures. Have a, um, our goalie was like I think I think he's actually he's like six foot or something, uh, Jordan Pickford. But because everyone else on England is a giant, you would watch the camera for the for the anthem go and it would go across and across and across and then it would dip down and then it would go across, <laughs> across and across. But That's really funny. I know uh Kike Hernandez, who used to play for the Los Angeles Dodgers, he plays for the Red Sox now. But there was like a, a I can't remember what happened, but he, like he had a huge, huge hit or walk off or something like that, and uh, he was getting interviewed post game, and he's like a very tiny uh, person, and he he like put down the Home Depot bucket to like stand up next to the person who was interviewing him, and he stood on top of the bucket um, so they could be the same height. It was really funny. Um, Mikhail, you said that you were going to write some Detroit sports jokes. I were you being serious on that? I think that'd be a good good place to wrap up. I mean, I, is Detroit sports I, I, joke I, in and of itself right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I realize I say this. From the <laughs> hey, you know what? It, we're on our way up. Okay, the Tigers. The Tigers want to want a game against the Twins, like a meaningless game against the Twins, and fans refused to go home on Friday. It was like, or Saturday, it was like game two of a doubleheader, meaningless game, third place versus fourth place. They went in a walk-off and 45 minutes after the game, they're doing like the call Sam studios and like, nobody's going home. Let's go tiger. And I'm like, dude, this city man is dying for a winner. So bad. This that's like a scene out of a conference final victory. And I, I loved it. I, and I loved it. I will say that. I loved it. It's just been so long since, like, I, I can't even fathom what it feels like to be in a playoff game, like in any sport. And 
it's been so long and it sucks. So we're on our way back up. Tigers are, tigers are, are, are playing well. Um, my $10 ticket on them to win the world series pays $10,000. The Pistons got the number one pick in the draft. The Red Wings are starting to, to turn up a little bit and the Lions are going to bite kneecaps. I don't know. We'll see how that goes, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Anything else before we uh, <laughs> wrap up here in this wonderful smorgasbord episode uh, with a, a, a smorgasbord cast. Thank you so much for you guys joining us to me or joining me today, by the way, it's been uh, a real lifesaver. I didn't know what I was going to do. No, you have to do what the rest of us do and talk to yourself for half I know. Hour. I know. That's what, that's, what's funny. I'll reach out to people and they always, they always say that. That's why uh, I always used to reach out to Jack Bushman and be like, Hey, you down to record something? My host abandoned me tonight. And he's like, suck it up. <laughs> yeah. I love Jack. It's the best. Uh, when he comes on, that's, that's always like uh, hour long recording uh, at the end. I'm like, all right, well, I guess we're going to have to turn this into a three-parter, uh, you know, but. Uh, yeah, the last else? time we recorded for like an hour and a half and there was like a good 20, because I used to be like, we can cut this out because I don't want anyone knowing my shame, but I used to kind of, be, I used to be a Hawks fan, like back in 2013 when I was just getting into hockey. Cause it's like the gateway team, right? Yeah. In 2013. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, we talked for like 20 minutes about how much we love Brent Seabrook. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> was it good podcasting? Probably not, but I had a good time talking about, oh, actually maybe, maybe I won't mention the, uh, that one playoff series, but. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the game where Johnson Snipes took three high-sticking penalties in a row or something. Oh, man. I've never loved to hate a player more <laughs> than in that moment. I, I'm not kidding. I, I really do think that was my favorite, like, rival haha sucker moment. You know, like, I don't even know. I don't even know what you just – just the mob mentality moment of my lifetime. I was in Nationwide when Brandon Dubinsky scored an overtime winner against the Pittsburgh Penguins a few years ago. And it, I'm not kidding. It is one of my all-time favorite Columbus Blue Jackets goals. It was a meaningless, yeah. meaningless like mid-season game. And I was like, no, this man hates the Penguins as much as I do. And he just scored an overtime winner against them in yeah. Nationwide. The building is full of Pens fans who are mad as hell. Incredible. So to come full circle, the in 2010, my sister got married, but I was not 21. So, and I was the only member of the wedding party who, you know, couldn't go out on like the bachelor party and things like that. So my brother-in-law, great guy, he bought tickets for, uh, Red Wings Penguins in 2010. It obviously just met two cup finals in a row, Jimmy Howard's rookie year. And, uh, that is the night of the famous face wash incident. And that was, <laughs> the best like that that might be one of my favorite and i've been in a lot of red wings like great red wings games i don't there's no shortage of you know good memories to to pick from but that one just sticks out to me as like because i'm a big mom mentality guy I just said that's like my favorite thing about sports uh they, yeah, there was like a tweet the other night like, about yeah yeah there was a there was a tweet the other night about some baby at a yankees game got put on the jumbotron and it was wearing uh um a Red Sox jersey and the whole stadium just started booing this baby. And I'm like, that's awesome. Everybody's like, wow, really grow up. And I'm like, no, that baby that's doesn't care. What sports are. Exactly. That's what sports are all about, baby. It's 
go to teach them that at a young age. Personally, yeah. I don't know. You know, just don't make it malicious or anything. But like Avalanche fans booing uh, Tyler Bertuzzi because they think he's Tyler Bertuzzi's son. You know, like I don't know. Yep. <laughs> I, I love it. So, uh, what do you guys got coming up? Any, anything you'd like to plug before we uh, depart? Um, I, I will. Have, I, I will... have nothing. So. <laughs> I will plug kind of a, a side project that I've been doing at the minute to kind of, again, bring it full circle all the way around to the start of the episode with uh, this kid coming out. Uh, I have been working with Brock McGillis for a couple of months now, who is the first openly gay uh, professional men's hockey player to uh, come out. He came out after uh, his career was over already, but uh, basically he got in touch. He said, I'm, do- I'm trying to do a project to celebrate uh, queer voices in the NHL because the NHL didn't really seem interested in doing that during Pride Month. Uh, and we've been putting out videos for maybe three, three or four weeks now. And it's just interviews with queer players, fans, uh, team employees, referees. We've got just a bunch of different people who work in the world of hockey we've got scouts we've got from all over the world as well like i'm i'm interviewed we got guys from ireland from australia new zealand all over in america um and so you can find those at uh hockey pride on on youtube is is where we're storing all those videos so i'm gonna i'm gonna plug that and if you want to kind of learn a little bit more about you know queer culture and hockey and how we look at the sport then go uh Go, go give us a, a subscribe or a watch over there. Yeah, it's free to subscribe. Uh, Jay does great work. You do a lot of work with Brock McGillis, don't you? On and off, yeah. Yeah, uh, very cool. Uh, I remember you put out uh, your video a couple of weeks ago. It was really cool to see that. Um, thank you to the both of you for joining me today. I was worried that I was going to have to listen to myself talk for a half hour, and nobody wants to do that. I'm amazed that the horror. show even has horror. listeners at all. Uh, we got another... Big episode coming for you tomorrow. Expansion draft preview. Uh, outside of that, I think we're going to do one more round of draft profiles on Thursday. There's still three guys I want to look at. Owen Power, just for funsies. I don't. It's like at this point, it's, part of me is kind of like, what's the point? The other part's like, dear due diligence. So we'll do that. Um, and then we are also going to look at Brennan Ottman. I know that for sure. And then hopefully Sebastian Cosa as well. Uh, going to try and get those three in before the draft on Friday. And then Friday we'll have a draft preview Palooza, things like that. Go check out Jay on Twitter. Go check out Mikhail on Twitter. I know Mikhail is at, at Carl McHale home and you used to be at Jay, the goalie, but you are not I anymore. Changed it up on people. I, I am uh, underscore Jacob Foster, J A K O B F O R S T E R. Mostly. I just yell about how my team is bad. And also a lot of uh, rainbow emojis. <laughs> is, is my, my Twitter brand <laughs> is, is angry gay person. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so go check them out. Uh, if you have positive feedback, please do us a favor. Leave us a review. If you have negative feedback, please do me a favor and tell me in my DMs. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. You're locked on Red Wings. Your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.